Hello and welcome to The Perceptive Photographer, episode 436. Today we're going to be talking about sort of anxiety, rushing around, not living up to your potential. You know, some of the things that affect us all as creative individuals. I am your host, Daniel Gregory, and I'm looking forward to spending a few minutes out of your week with you. So thanks again for checking out the podcast. If you're interested, head on up to my website, DanielJGregory.com, and I am offering a couple of online workshops for enhancing your photographic critique skill. One of those sessions is August 15th and 16th from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Pacific time. And the second workshop is September 2nd and 3rd from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific time. In that workshop, we're going to do the first day. It's all about techniques and concepts for critiquing photographs. The second day of that workshop, we're actually looking at your work and running through some of those techniques and processes we learned on the first day and getting that online critique process done. So make sure you check those out if you're interested in getting a more deep, meaningful way of talking about your work and talking about the works of others. Today we're talking about where's the fire, where's the rush in the sense of composition. And to get to this point, it is going to be a little bit of a meandering path here for a second. So one of the things I've noticed in myself, I've noticed it in other people, is that there are times when the simplest little thing starts to snowball on us, and then we become extremely frustrated. And we end up in this very kind of volatile state where we're no longer centered, we're no longer present, we're sort of angry, there's anxiety, there's tension. And to give you an illustrative point of not photographic related, but two incidences in my own life recently that have happened. One, water in the yard. I kept getting a kink in the hose, so I was getting frustrated by the kink in the hose. I'd move water, the hose would kink again. Eventually I got frustrated by that. I snapped the hose really hard to try to pull the kink out of it, which then had it hit a pot and break a pot. So now I have a broken pot and a hose with a kink in it, and I still don't have water pressure. And now I'm pissed off at myself because I knew better than to snap that hose. Not the first time I've been frustrated and snapped the hose and had it not go well. The other one is driving in traffic. You've either been this person or you've seen this person where you are changing lanes all the time because you're in a hurry, but it's rush hour traffic. Every lane is doing 20 miles an hour. doesn't matter what lane you're in. But there's always that car that's zip left, zip right, zip center, carpooling, back to the center, back to the right, back to the left. Had that happened recently driving into the city to do some work, we both exited the interstate at the exact same time. So there was this guy who changed lanes probably 60 times. I never changed lanes. I just sat in my little right-hand lane waiting for my exit. And we both got to that exit at the same time. Now I got there, I can guarantee you, in a much more relaxed state than that guy who was clearly stressed and anxiety and tension filled, changing lanes all the time. So what does that have to do with composition? What does that have to do with our framing and composition with inside photography? Well, one of the things that I think is important is first is understanding when we talk about framing and composition, what are we actually talking about? We're talking about the arrangement of all the objects, shapes, forms, and elements within a photograph in a, that are arranged in a pleasing manner or corollary, if you're trying to make a unpleasing photograph, in an unpleasing manner. But it's the arrangement of all of the things within the edges of our frame. Now, as photographers, we're in an interesting position because we are challenged to both frame and compose based on the bounds of what's within the view of our camera. We're also governed by certain geometry of the real world because of that. You know, Matisse, Van Gogh, they got to manipulate. They got to play with perspective. Picasso got to play with the shape of bodies. They got to change things around in a way that as photographers through the camera, we don't necessarily have that same level of control. Certainly we have tilt shift lenses and we have angles of view and things like that that make a, a difference, but not necessarily to the same level you would as a painter. So when it comes to that notion of framing and composition, the arrangement of those things, 
the selection of those, that I think one of the things that I recognize in my own work, particularly going back to when I'm not making what I consider to be really good photographs, or I'm looking at some of my earlier work, or I'm looking at work in a place where I haven't sort of yet figured out what I'm doing photographically. It's maybe a new location, it's a new subject, and I'm sort of more in the experimental phase, the experimentation phase of the photography. The compositions themselves don't necessarily align to reveal the message content and information that I'm trying to present. And so what happens then is very simple mistakes start to compound within the photograph. Classic example, the pole out of somebody's head, the tree branch that sticks in from the right, the two objects that overlap that now all of a sudden look like they're the same object, whether it be a backpack and a dark jacket, the light reflects and all of a sudden we don't have the separation there. Studio portraiture, separating the hair from the background. So that sort of looks like the hair disappears. If you don't want it to, and it disappears into that background, we've lost that separation from a hair light. All sorts of little elements come into play in terms of little things that can go wrong within that composition. And here's what I think sort of happens to us, is that we innately sort of know what makes for a more interesting composition. We think we know what makes actually a pretty good composition, even if we don't necessarily have the language or structure around it. Intuitively, we've seen enough good imagery to know sort of what works and doesn't work from a composition standpoint. Now, replicating that, that becomes a bigger challenge. Knowing and doing are two separate things. But I do think a lot of us sort of intuitively understand that things should separate, we should have depth, we should have dimension, or if we're attempting to collapse those, what that should look like. And in the struggle for that, in the challenge for that, I think one of the elements that comes into play there is when we're photographing, we subconsciously recognize when composition is not working. And what happens then is we become frustrated. Our sympathetic nervous system sort of starts to fire in frustration of a fight or flight of I'm struggling with this. It's not working. So I'm either going to change location. I'm going to get shoot faster as if somehow shooting faster fixes the problem. I'm going to change lenses. I'm going to give up. There's a lot of ways we sort of respond to that angst of recognizing that in that compositional moment, we're not getting what we want. And I think there's two challenges in that process. One is the acceptance of when a photograph isn't necessarily working or when we're out photographing and something's not quite right, recognizing that in many cases that has to do with composition. It has to do with how is the arrangement of the things within that image working or not working. And I think within that subset, the not working is critical because oftentimes I think what happens to us is we will override our understanding of composition in favor of what we hope to be the good composition. We hope that this will work out and that somebody won't notice or we won't be bothered by a negative element within that composition. So we rush to decision that this composition is the correct composition. This composition is the interesting composition. We bypass then the information that's being provided to us that says there might actually be a problem with composition. So in that rush to decision of getting the photograph completed, we end up making a half-baked photograph out of some sort of fight or flight response that we're not even necessarily aware of that's happening. We override our own sensibility in, in some way. And I think to, to fix that, to, to mitigate that, it takes a couple of things. I think one of the things we have to recognize is one, sometimes we can't get the composition we want. We may not have the camera lens. We might not have the perspective. We may not have the ability to get that photograph. 
There's been a number of times if I had a 30-foot ladder in the landscape, I would get the photograph I wanted. But I have to deal with the challenges of what I get because I can only stand on the roof of my car or the rental car. But don't tell the rental car company. But as I stand on that, I can get a little bit more height, but I can't actually get the photograph I sort of imagined in my head. I have to sort of deal with the limitations that I've got. And that forces then me to rethink composition. Instead of halfway getting a composition that I'm not at all pleased with, I have to sort of reset myself to accept what I do have available to me and to maximize my scene at that point of the frame that's at that particular opportunity. Now I can come back at a later date, later time, lots of things can change, but I have to be willing to accept sort of what's being offered to me. And I think the other piece around that too is a lot of times when we get into this sort of fight or flight response, and like I said, in, in composition, I think this is the decision to not recognize the moment of bad composition, is that part of slowing down that response is giving ourselves a little bit of space to experience the sort of surge of adrenaline we're getting, even if it's a micro surge, into that click of that shutter about that photograph. And sometimes taking a deep breath, taking a deep step back for five, 10 seconds and letting your body sort of relax and reset and then reapproach the camera, relook through the viewfinder, relook at the back of the screen, whatever you're photographing, and think to yourself, okay, now let me come in and reassess and reimagine what does this composition look like? And what are the key elements within that composition? Again, we come back to composition is about the arrangement of things within the frame. How is line, form, shape, object, tone, texture, all those things, how are they actually being arranged? And is that arrangement consistent and cohesive to what we imagine that photograph ultimately being? We have to have some sort of awareness of how those things are going to come together. Now, there's times we will actually take photographs and come back to them years later and not have any idea that we actually nailed a composition. We were out clicking and shooting sort of more in just a click and play mode, not recognizing at the time we end up with a pretty significantly interesting composition. But there are also times when we're out photographing and we need to have that awareness. And I think that's the important piece. That's the important step to take is to recognize that we oftentimes get in that rush. That little thing goes wrong. We don't quite get the composition we want. We don't quite have the lens we want. We don't have the lens because it's back in the car. We'd have to walk back to the car, change the lens, come back. All these little things start to compound and it's like changing lanes on the freeway. We ultimately can get to the exact same destination, but we can get there with a lot more enjoyment, a lot less stress, a lot less anxiety, and probably a better composition. I can guarantee you there's less wear and tear on the car and the body and the mind by sticking with that one lane and sort of being present in the moment to experience that compos composition as it's unfolding. That acceptance of this is what I can get given the limitations of what I have. You know, a lot of people talk about the, the challenge of going out with one body and one lens. Well, part of that's to force this experience, to force you to think about the arrangement of composition for the frame, given that limitation. But that limitation doesn't have to be there just because you put a one lens, one body constraint on it. That can be there at any time under any condition. So as you start to think about your composition and how you're approaching composition, I think two things are really important. One, recognizing when we're getting into that sort of anxiety state, that fight or flight response to composition is starting to emerge within us. What does that feel like? What does that look like? How does that sound to us? Also making sure that we step in and really evaluate 
that arrangement during the photographic process. Get ourselves present a month, present enough through a deep breath, a little meditation, a step back, a reassessment, however we have to do that to make sure that we are actually getting composition that proves to be interesting. And I think the last step to that, which we'll talk about next week, was a little bit more about composition and what actually, when we talk about composition, how do we approach the things about composition that become interesting, the things about composition that become compelling, and why is it that we respond to certain things within composition? So all those things sort of come into play. All those things are important. But I think when it comes time to recognize that it is the rush that is not necessarily the best thing, getting there first, being in a hurry, but being exhausted and too tired to think about what to get doesn't mean you get a great photograph. I hope you have a wonderful week behind the camera. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast this week. Again, don't forget to check out that Enhancing Your Photographic Critique Skills Workshop up on my website at danieljgregory.com. Thanks again. I will see you next time. Wonderful week. Be creative and be good to each other.